What was that? You got sneezies? Is that your mic check? <laughs> Dotty mic check. Rough. Rough what? one. Rough two. Sibilance. <laughs> Sibilance. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Andy. Greetings and salutations. Uh, cheers. Cheers. That was a, a nod to Heather's. Heather's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that we we reference that movie a lot on this podcast. It's funny we have like a whole episode about it. <laughs> mm. It's one of my favorites. Oh. Mine too. You had a dotty hair in our drink? Um, I think it's my hair, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> well. A wild bang hair went flying. Welcome to Homebound Happy Hour, everyone. That's Andy. That's Anna. Whoop. And we Raise are the roof. Coming to you live. No, it's not live. It's, it's not live. Pre-recorded. We're we're live now. Yeah. Like with each other in the present tense. Uh-huh. I'm looking straight at you. Mm-hmm. Right in the eyes. Um it is What is it? It's our anniversary. Yes. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Normally um, normally on day on normally the day rec- we record it would be to tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> why is that so difficult to explain um yes normally we would we would be recording on <laughs> wednesday i would just give up at this point <laughs> fine yeah. it's our anniversary it's okay. yeah so we try to record on wednesdays um so that gives us time to edit and stuff and then um tomorrow we decided we're going to uh just celebrate us instead. Yeah. So, so um so today I worked and then I came home and made us a quick video and some drinks. And, and here we are. Speaking of a drink, what what do we have on uh I made a on deck today. A clickety classic. Um the Clover Club cocktail. If we're alliterating, uh classic Clover Club cocktail. No, it's just called the Clover Club. And it is uh gin lemon juice raspberry and egg white uh the raspberry i made a raspberry syrup last night since i knew i wouldn't have time today with um you know normally i like to use fresh but um i used frozen this time just for consistency because the frozen ones are always like such good fruit yeah and um they break down a little better in the saucepan when you're making the so- uh the syrup so um and I think when you're just making other drinks, you know like the for those of you that do smoothies mm-hmm. I think, yeah well, if you use if you use frozen fruit, you don't have to use ice, yeah, so that's perfect um so yeah, this is a uh, shaken up and served up in a coop, dry shake first, wet shake second, meaning first without ice and second with ice. What's a hippie shake? It's a hippie hippie shake. Uh, was that in that movie that we watched the other day? 
I don't know. It's in something. Cocktail? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just on. We didn't the, see it. <clears throat> the movie um, that is an homage and is loved by bartenders mm-hmm. world, worldwide, I'm sure. Yeah. For its painfully accurate depiction of bartender life, right? Yeah, he's kidding. It's It's terrible. I mean, I guess if you worked at like a TGI Fridays in the 80s, maybe that's what it was like. But would you really, could you really trust your memory if you worked at a TGI Fridays in the 80s? If you need, if you need that movie to refresh your memory so you can harken back to the good old times, then Godspeed. Um, so yeah. Woo, anniversary week. Yeah, three three years. Yep, three years married. Married, yeah. Uh, I am actually really grateful I had it off because I didn't ask for it off. I just happened to already have it off. Yeah, and we're not, you know, we're not, we're not huge to do people. So yeah, I didn't get you a present or anything. Yeah, I. Oh, was that? I don't know. I, we've yeah. never been. We've never been that way. No, and that that's um, related to what I was gonna say. It's similar to like Valentine's Day, and and uh, even I don't think we we like to do big to dos for other holidays. But um, I forgot where I was going with this. But we we are fine with that, and we appreciate just the you know the day to day about each other. But we're also not those people that will agree you know like my parents will agree to not get presents you know what let's not do presents this year but then one person yeah and the other one's like god damn it why'd you do that (laughs) so who ends up getting the present your mom your mom gets a present for your dad i no. there have been years where it's been the other way around usually my mom mom loves to give gifts yeah she gets she 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 has a generous spirit yeah I'm the same way. I love getting people presents. I have like a lot of my friends' birthdays written down. And um, as a matter of fact, a uh, former guest of the podcast, TJ, Dr. Tally, um, I got him a present. I just haven't been able to drop it off for no. his birthday yet. I am. Um, I am that person that remembers as you were talking about it. So I'm sure some of our listeners have have received an an oh shit gift from me uh, which is usually you know praise baby jesus for uh e e gift cards and things like that i can buy online on the phone while i'm talking to you or shortly thereafter right um <laughs> uh you thought i forgot because i did a little bit you're giving away all your secrets you know i gotta put a i gotta put a little one out there uh that to drive up listenership Cause then, you know, word gets around. Andy's spreading the Andy's hot goss spilling today. The, spilling yeah. the tea. Yeah, all Some the tea, tea is being spilled. So you better listen. If you've ever gotten a gift card from Andy, now you know <laughs> he forgot your birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, at least it's better than me not remembering at all and not even yeah. getting you a gift card. I wonder if anyone's. I think I feel like the next birthday coming up is your brother. I don't know though. There are two. No, okay. There's one. Your oldest brother. There's one. Yeah, there's one in later on this month, and then there uh, are two more sibling um, birthdays in May. 
I see. Immediate family. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that I, that I've been able to work on that so that I can pretty much get the immediate family. Um, anything else is, is an added bonus. Yeah, I have, I have most of your families written down. But they're they're not in chronological order, so I really have to search with my eyes to see when. And then an, a a friend of ours' birthday is um, the twenty third, which is our friend Tim. Oh. Yeah. Last year he went on vacation and brought us back um, these adorable little oh that's right glass little parrot little figurines. Little Where did parrot. he go? He went to like Acapulco or something. I I think I think that's that sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. <laughs> or was it Costa Rica? It's like no, it was. I don't remember. Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. Well, what home of the, the glass par- parrots. <laughs> they have the home of the glass parrots. <laughs> That's what it's Coladas. known for there in Alaska. <laughs> oh, this drink is so pretty. It's like such mm-hmm. a nice color. It's almost neon, neon pink. It looks like delicious Pepto Bismol. Well, I could. Um, now I don't know anything about bartending, as you all, the listeners, know, uh, but. Um, I could see this being a good late spring, early summer drink. Mm-hmm. Maybe enjoyed over ice or in in some kind of slushy form. Would that be possible? Um, I think the egg white prohibits that because mm. you have to have like that gradient kind of foam with I the see. egg white, like the ombre in the glass. But um, yeah, maybe if you leave out the egg white, just uh, raspberry, lemon, gin. I don't know what I'm talking about, so. I mean... We could try it. Um, I no- I've noticed that the blender's broken. A lot. Uh, we that's have a blender. What, no, we don't. Oh. Uh, that's what we say at the bar when uh. somebody asks for a pina colada. Oh, that's a the blender's that's a, broken. That's a handy tip, a handy mm-hmm. bar patron tip from bartender, as we like to oh, do. Oh, I'm on. giving away trade secrets now. No, if, but for people to know that, don't order blended drinks because we hate it. We hate doing it. What about like if they're pre-made, if you have one of those machines? Like a slushy like a, machine? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Honestly, I'll make anything that comes my way. I just would prefer like if one blended drink gets taken out on a tray and like seen by a bunch of guests, they're Everyone like, oh, what is that? Especially if it's like multiple colors or has whipped cream on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, people just go bananas, cuckoo bananas over that. Sparklers. Sparklers. Oh, like your birthday that one year. It's a Yankee Doodle drink. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Andy. I was just going <laughs> to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, uh, see how in sync we are for our anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Are there any um, like highlights from our wedding day that it was kind of a blur because it went so fast? Um, No, that should be, you know, what? we I do have some highlights. You do. And I would like to to take a walk down. Yeah. You want to take a quick break and revisit? Yeah. Cool. All right, we're back. Took a quick little break, watching Dottie wag her tail. She's already been she's already been fed today, so we don't. So hopefully she doesn't go in the kitchen and start (sighs) clanging on her dish. I know. (laughs) It's always it's so loud. I wonder uh, if that's the equivalent of like, you know, 
licking the di- the container of so, you know like ice cream or something like that after you've done it. It's one of those things that you're gonna get every last possible like yogurt. Bit. Yeah, because I don't know what it is. Like everyone has to scrape the yogurt container with the spoon. I was I literally did it this morning. And I, was, I don't know. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, why does everyone so desperately need like the last teeny tiny <laughs> little lick of yogurt? It's a sense of accomplishment. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe you just like, you know, I, I paid Trying for this. Trying to clean your plate kind I'm of gonna, thing. Yeah. But then the there are plenty expensive. of other things where we're like, ah, no, I'm fine. You can take that. So we were going to talk a bit about our wedding day. Yes. Every down to the last detail, which is um, right exactly what our listeners want to hear about like where we got um oh i should include a picture yeah yeah um we didn't do a big to do or anything it was you know i'm in my mid-30s andy at the time was in his early 40s and um we just you know we didn't want to make a big thing out of it it was extremely inexpensive yeah yeah this was on a definitely on a shoestring budget we didn't you know, one, because it, I, I'm essentially alone up here. I mean, yes, there are many friends uh, who I consider family and who I've grown of to course. love since I've been here. But, you know, I'm probably the furthest away from everyone else. And so just travel concerns and, you know, with, uh, with my parents, my siblings, um, it was just kind of a big ask. And so we, we decided just to to do... Um, a just a small thing, and then ceremony in Balboa Park at the Rose Garden. Yeah, yeah we cheapest looked at, venue we could find, honestly, even we for at, how beautiful it is. Because that you just need the um, you just need the permit mm-hmm. to to have something there, and even then, I I think plenty of people just don't you know <laughs> don't abide by the rules, and they go to maybe not there, but wherever. Yeah. Just I mean, like, just to avoid the fine, we did do the right avenues and get the permit mm. and all that stuff. And it was um, it was very inexpensive. So if you're ever thinking about getting married in Balboa Park, like know that it's mm-hmm. it's cheap. Balboa Park is is beautiful. If you're not um, familiar or from San Diego, uh, it is the largest urban park in the country, even oh, wow. bigger than New York Central Park. No way. I had no idea it was bigger than Central mm-hmm. Park. I mean, because it includes like the zoo and and oh. see like the whole and i think yeah there's actually a walking trail you can do that's like behind some of the animal cages too which is mm-hmm. really interesting but it's a little dangerous if you're not an experienced hiker right so what do you remember other than the rose garden uh which is beautiful by the way i mean even just to go um what the other places you could have it was all reserved? um like grass area so like i first asked about the botanical gardens which is a covered like atrium type thing over by the koi pond and they said uh, no and then <laughs> i asked about the cactus garden because that would be cool and they were like no nah. you can have the rose garden or you can have this garden or you can have this garden but and so much. i i picked the rose garden i think we collectively picked the rose garden together um and we managed to get ourselves like so our guests were viewing us with like a giant cactus behind us, which was what I was going for. Mm-hmm. So that that really turned out cool in pictures. Yeah. And we um, a friend of Anna, a friend of ours um, was 
offered to do the photography for us who happened to be a photographer so that's that and was another he brought along another friend mm-hmm. um who was like learning photography mm-hmm. and she did she had some great photos um they at the time they were both people that i waited tables with mm-hmm. um and yeah he was so he was so sweet he offered to do it for free so we got some like professional style photography on the house which is amazing so shout out to andrew and yeah. Uh, Carol for that. Um, our efficient was Amy, who you might remember from yes. a previous bartending Friend episode. Of Friend of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, just a real small group of people. Like, um, yeah, it was just like loved ones, you know, like some yeah. of mine, you know, like your, but, your relative. I mean, your well, yeah. just John, right? And your aunts. Yeah. So I am one of only three nieces and nephews on my maternal side and so when my aunts heard that since my mom has passed when they heard that i was getting married they were like we don't care how small the ceremony is we're coming to it mm-hmm. and so they oh know, and of course i mean they it flew was, out i wasn't like no no family like we no it uh-uh. was just i think for me just they just, wouldn't have heard of it anyways just, they would have sh- they would have just showed up just sort of like to do <laughs> like we were talking about i just you know i, I didn't want to put that responsibility on anyone to feel like they they needed to well yeah that's a whole trip you know um, um when it was just gonna be you know when what tiny. the actual ceremony is what 10 15 minutes i mean literally like yeah, yeah less than 20 minutes um we so it was real quick and um we didn't even feed people at our reception you know no. like that's how small it was we just we just provided champagne and cupcakes yeah. at our beloved baby cakes former patio they were uh nice enough to um let us have the the back patio mm-hmm, on there, a saturday on a saturday afternoon and um our you know it was, a, it was you know since we didn't invite friends per se we we had we were able to share it with friends because you know like when one of our friends was bartending and, and right was able to to join that and and having it at a place like that, we were able to, it was more accessible for people to come and, and celebrate with us. And I, I feel like I said that. I was be, like, just show up, yeah. you know, like even if you can't make the ceremony, which is fine, like just show up. We don't mm-hmm. mind. Like come have a couple drinks with us. Yeah. And that's exactly how it went. It was, it was awesome. It was just super casual and fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, still to this day, people will be like, God, your wedding was so fun mm-hmm. because afterwards after like our allotted reception time or whatever was over, which we just decorated with like paper lanterns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, that was on um, the cheap. Yeah. And, um, Paul's wife, it kind of led that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, a f- uh, like a, f- a friend of ours, wife offered to help decorate the patio for us during the ceremony. So that's what she was, you know, mm-hmm. she was taking care of all that. Um, instrumental in helping me with everything obviously was my friend jenna Mm -hmm. like unbelievable from like that whole week she helped me with everything um and then even in a pinch like we had an issue with the decorations her husband came and picked them up from our house while Mm -hmm. i was getting ready like getting my makeup done and then took them over to baby cakes at the reception she's so creative like it's just she is so incredibly creative she made me um, a little uh, charm thing for my bouquet. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I like tear up just thinking about it because mm-hmm. it was so awesome. 
It had like pictures of my parents on it. And of course, Dottie's picture was on there too. <laughs> and that was um, <laughs> one of our, I mean, we, we loved all of our gifts, of course. Um, but one of them was actually, you know, not, not something that we put on a, on a registry or anything, but was, um, commissioned or don't, or I don't It was painted by Paul Naylor, who is, um, former guest of the podcast, Jocelyn Naylor of Poppy Seed Embroidery. That's her older brother. And he does pet portraits Mm -hmm. as well as a lot of other artistic endeavors. And so Jocelyn's wedding gift to us was not only some grub for our little house party after the reception. She she is a chef and she, she's a chef. Yeah. Um, so she commissioned that portrait of Dottie. Just that's perfect. I mean, it's hanging in our bedroom. Just, yeah. It just captured like the essence of, of well, and they took it, they, he painted it off a picture Mm -hmm. that I had posted on Instagram and he had no idea, but it was actually like my favorite picture of her. Mm. So he was just like, let me find this cute picture of their dog and then I'm going to paint it. And it was perfect. I think there's there's an awesome photo of our faces opening that where we're both like in shock and like huge grins on our faces. Mm-hmm. We're like, what is this? <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. So um, so we were able after our allotted well, hour and a half, two hour like reception, I guess, at, at Baby Cakes, uh, mm-hmm. we just yeah, decided, just well, with everyone who we weren't able to include who happened to be around. Yeah, come we over. Just, we invited over to the house and we just... Uh, we did some karaoke. We yeah. ate some meat and cheese, some charcuterie. Yep. Um, and then we, we managed to kill the case of champagne that I had bought. We had a couple of cases, didn't we? I think I bought three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm, we actually I'm didn't kill it we because it. we still had like four or five bottles left that we, right. we drank over the... And I, I feel like it took us a long time to even drink champagne again after that because the wedding day like that's all i drank and i was like i never want to drink this again Mm -hmm. my boss at the time let me buy those champagne at work at cost so i just like wrote him a check day of because we were like this was like you know we didn't have a ton of money i was like don't cash this until monday (laughs) 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 no but that was uh obviously for many reasons uh, it was a good day Mm -hmm. yeah i'll post like a photo yeah with our drink photo so um i i don't know when it it, it was obviously it was a it was a great day and uh you know there's so many peripheral things that you think of on on a day like that that don't um you don't necessarily worry about but i remember like just it being like a typical san diego kind of a warmer month weather it was that uh what do they call it the the uh marine layer mm-hmm. had come in and it was a little cloudy like maybe a chance of rain and i was like oh just you know come out and be be a little bit sunny and that worked out um but i remembered uh, when you were getting ready, I went over to uh, to our friend Dan's mm-hmm. place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we, we did spend the night together the night before. Yeah. Even though you're not supposed to do that or whatever. We it still. Well, I mean, we just, 
where else you, you're not gonna get a hotel room just to go like we were not it was not a big wedding it was not a big fuss right we didn't care if you saw me in my dress or anything like that you know Although we respected i think when you had uh you i had tried it on over. a couple yeah, times I'm, yeah for different friends that came over there was a whole big hoopla about my dress fitting yeah, or not oh, fitting and all right. that stuff too because it was that. too big for me. Yeah. Because like the size down wouldn't zip and then the size up was too big, but I didn't have time to get it tailored. Mm-hmm. I but remember it was, that. you know, cheapy, cheapy dress. It wasn't expensive at all. I just paid for it with like my tips from one night. Yeah. I was like, here's some cash. Put a bow on it. I belted it so that it would fit. And then I got like a, like a cheapy Amazon dress for the reception, mm-hmm. which was like kind of like pinup style, but th- that's not really even pinup style is not my style at all. But I was like, it has to be white, and like they didn't have a lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> Although whites, was that a lie? I'm nodding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, I think the only th- I, I think I probably should have gone a full suit. I think you looked great in your well, your like dress pants shirt I know, and tie. But I I don't get to wear suits very often, and so I you got know. to wear a suit for our friend Christian's wedding in twenty. Uh, That's true. Twenty nineteen. So there's a, or twenty. I, I wore did he get married in twenty twenty? He did. Yeah. Yeah. I wore a suit for my job interview. Oh. Here, I probably wore a suit Andy. more times in San Diego the short time that I've been here. Uh, than I have in like the last 20 years of my life. Um, I don't really dress up. I always have boots on. I never wear heels. I wore heels for the wedding. They were orange. Like orange velvet. That's right. I like remember those. Dark orange velvet. Yeah, they were cool. Um, And somehow I managed to keep them on all day until we got home for the after party. And then I put on flip flops. Which I'm not even a flip-flop gal. I'm not a pinup gal. I'm not a flip-flop gal. And I just, I was like, let me do all these things. Just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Pro tip, if anybody's getting married, um, do not tell the flower place that it's for a wedding. Yeah. Tell them it's for a party and it will not be as expensive. Like a garden party. Yeah, because they That's do. That's what I did. They do upcharge a little bit And um. That. One of our wedding gifts from a friend was to buy our flowers for us, which is uh, Jeremiah. It's his girlfriend, Lisa, that yeah. gifted us the flowers. So that was really sweet. And, uh, you know, we, we did we did have a, a short like registry list, but also we got a lot of like gift cards. You know, we put all I think we put on the list like gift cards, gift cards, mm-hmm. uh, Visa, like Visa gift cards, which you actually used. To, to pay, pay for, the, for reception. the reception. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. We did that because otherwise, um, don't cash it till Monday. <laughs> 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 that, that was the kind of week it was. Um, <laughs> it's like I, <laughs> uh, I have my old savings and loan. Uh, checks <laughs> don't even exist anymore. I keep my checkbook in my wallet, but um, you know, I it's been the same checkbook I've had for like ten years because I, I don't write, use that many checks. Well, I know I write one check a month, and the only reason so twelve checks a year. 
the only reason a number is that high is because the antiquated self-storage facility in El Paso, where all the rest of my shit that I don't know what to do with resides, does not have any other payment system. Like they don't, they don't, they don't Venmo, Venmo they don't or Cash App. And, right. and I've mentioned this. I'm like, it would be, you know, so much easier and probably easier to collect, but um the person that i deal with i guess it's not the owner she's just the manager and she's like i know i know i you know I... so it's like personal check and you know like money order or traveler's check or you know some something <laughs> well weird like i that. mean you live out of state too so it's even you gotta wait on the mail i always um forget how terrible my handwriting has become when i and Till that, like the first of the month, is when I write it. It's not. Your handwriting is so neat. Well, it's it looks like a garbled mess. It's small. When I write a check. Oh, okay. And cursive is just weird to me now. Um, and my my ex boss, um, and friend, um, I mean, I consider him a friend, um, from El Paso, Tim, um, had <laughs> launched kind of a crusade i guess if you will um against well this was at the time where we were trying to get like more teachers to use technology in the class and that was our job um but he went on this whole thing about why we still make mandatory um we still make cursive teaching cursive mandatory and he's he was just saying it's it's antiquated and it's not it's not relevant anymore and you know the bigger picture is just we're we're one of the things that we were combating was you know teachers saying that there just wasn't enough time to bring in technology which is something that's definitely changed over the course of the past year because it's just we're forced to Mm -hmm. embrace it and use it but during those early stages, it was difficult because they felt it was very time-consuming to stop and introduce a piece of technology or a program and then learn how to use it. All this other stuff. It's like, no, 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 we don't have time for that. We have to, we have to teach cursive. We have to teach them how to divide things. Right. Roman numerals. Oh, God. I never learned that. You know where I learned Roman numerals? The Super Bowl? Crossword puzzles. Oh. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I haven't done one in a long time, but I used to do the newspaper crossword and the New York Times like every day. As a matter of fact, I used to do those at Baby Cakes on the back patio. Oh. Oh, Baby Cakes. We miss you. I, I mean, do. I miss it, and it's come up like three different times today because I was talking to my coworker form. about it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. My new coworker that I just met last week. Oh. Who trained me today? Baby Cakes was fun. R.I.P. Baby Cakes. I mean, well, it's still around. It's still around. It's just not a bar anymore. Right. It's just the bake shop. Can't go for your double bubble. That was awesome. Yeah. They had a... um, Two champagnes for the price of one till 3 p.m. every day. So I'd go in there at like 11 a.m. and get get some champagnes. (laughs) (laughs) Those were some fun... Too many times. (laughs) Those were some fun uh, personal days for me because, you know, obviously couldn't go there when i was working but yeah I would sometimes i'd have a couple and then go get my nails done across the street yep yep 
bless my manicurist, she, my nail tech that always, uh, I always went to the same lady and mm-hmm. she always, she was like, girl, how many champagnes do you have today? <laughs> a couple. Just a couple, Kim. It's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's my day off. <laughs> Don't judge me. Are you scatting, Andy? Scooby-doo bop. Kinda to the tune of. I was doing it to the tune of Astronaut Jones, the Tracy Morgan sketch from SNL. Oh, I I think I know that. It's not it's not the best anymore. I mean, in terms of because he's kind of a womanizer. That scamp. Yep. Um. So you were going to ask about. Yeah. So since we're talking about weddings. Our wedding. Well, just our one wedding singular. Um, we are going to list every movie <laughs> that involves. No, I'm just kidding. I have done zero research. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what are some of your. Like. Which wedding movies do you remember fondly um, or unfondly or or favorite? I there's episodes? the wedding date. I don't mind that one with Deborah Messing and one of the Dermot. Der- I think it's Mul- I can't remember if it's Dermot Mulroney or Dylan McDermott. Dilmer- it's it's one of Dermot those. Mulroney. It's Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so she, he's basically like an escort, and she hires him because she's sick of her parents asking. Right. Yeah. So actually, like that's a guilty pleasure movie that I've that never admitted fun. out loud. Um, <laughs> there's also I've never seen Four Weddings and a Funeral, so um, I've heard oh, that's yeah, that good. Was, that was good. And there's like the, the show that Mindy Kaling produced, right? Yeah. Re- like fairly recently, and mm-hmm. I I've wanted to see that, but we haven't. But I. You know, despite it being pretty problematic now, I've got to say Wedding Crashers, if for nothing else, but Ma, the yeah. meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wedding Singer, of course. I mean, we- oh, yeah. No, that's got to be my number one, probably. And um, Muriel's Wedding. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is great. Muriel's Wedding is up there for Muriel's me. Muriel's Wedding is good. Yeah. Uh, how about Rachel getting married? Um, I've never seen it the way all the way through. Okay. But you know what? I want to add a recent movie to my list. Palm Springs with Andy oh, Samberg and right. Kristen Milati. Yeah. That was so good. That was really good. It's yes. uh if you haven't seen it, it's a uh, I think it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Uh it's one of uh the the what do they call it, like time loop. Yeah. kind of movie, you know, like Groundhog Day or where where you're you know, repeating, mm-hmm. repeating time. Um, there was one with Anna Kendrick that we watched that was really good. Um, I'm going to find out right now. What just, are yours? I just, well, I mentioned Rachel getting married because that was when I saw um, like <laughs> one of the instances where I was really impressed by um, the acting of, uh, of, um, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Thank you. <laughs> um, because you know she she 
I think portrayed a uh, an honest portrayal of someone that is experiencing um, mental health issues and just how those things are for for obvious reasons i mean weddings but also just family gatherings and how Mm -hmm. those can be so triggering yeah and it was you know one of those where it's like wow i didn't i didn't know because she really hadn't had the the opportunity to have that many different types of roles i guess sure and so this was just a. This was this like was, fresh off the Princess Diaries. Yeah, and like she was she, like proving herself as an actress. Yeah, she was not playing like a bubbly, you know, whatever right. character, or like I mean, an she was... interesting dark-haired woman. Right. It was it, uh, yeah. So that was acclaimed as far as like her acting goes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it the whole way through, but what I have seen of it is really good. Mm-hmm. It, like it's, as far I highly as her, recommend her it. performance. It's on something because i almost watched it the other night when you were at work it's either on netflix or hbo or something (laughs) so that means yeah it's either on hbo hulu or netflix well um, we should definitely watch that yeah Uh, the movie i was referring to with anna kendrick is called table 19 yes okay i remember that great that one it was so good. good um i don't know what your all's hulu um pages look like but my, you know, it'll have the the new releases and the new whatever, but it has a for you section, which so far has been, uh, has been somewhat spot on. Somewhat spot on because uh, like I tend to watch a lot of like the indie quirky, mm-hmm. com- especially when I'm by myself. You know, when we're not, but even even together, we're looking for for just sort of odd oddball-y stuff to watch. I can't believe it's- I forgot the wedding singer. That's like one of my favorite movies. Um, have you? You know, I've never seen. You know what? I've never seen the Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I've never Nor seen that. Nor have I. That's that's one of those like, that's like pretty old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it a musical? I don't know. It's probably full of sexism. Oh, I'm sure because you know that's when. You know, you got to catch yourself a husband. Yeah. So you can. Your worth is only related to who you're married to. You got to be a good wife to him. Yeah, probably. Make sure you get his dinner on time. Yeah. What about like the very special wedding episodes of TV shows? Like Friends. Which one? Or uh, Chandler and Monica's wedding, of course. Okay. I don't know which has. I don't know if there are Well, I mean, there have been several of Ross's weddings, I guess. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then, you know, How I Met Your Mother had like a whole season that was Robin and Barney's wedding. Um, Spoiler alert, I guess. Saved by the Bell wedding. Saved by the... Yeah, I just saw that for the first time recently. That's a caper. Yeah, literally for the first time, like weeks ago, which is shameful on my end. For not having seen it. I guess the Sex in the City movie is kind of a oh, wedding movie. Yeah. It starts with someone being left at the altar. Mm. Pretty much. Oh, the graduate. Oh yeah, the graduate. That's a <laughs> that's a healthy ending. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie though, honestly. I mean I have a tattoo of Here's to You, Mrs. Robinson, because I love yeah, both that movie and Simon and Garfunkel, so as a matter of fact, I've already started uh, curating my summer playlist and Simon and Garfunkel are on it. 
Me, you, him, me, you. Dottie. Dottie him, gets to Dottie. start. What? <laughs> She's looking at you so expectantly. What does she want? <laughs> I want pets, but I'm just out of reach. <laughs> I'd like to talk about something I saw on Tucker Carlson. Oh, no. Oh, no, Dottie. You know, why you don't, you don't why is Dottie a right wing? <laughs> she, sometimes she is. Um, um, Infowars? No. <laughs> Where do you, you get your paws? Can't even use the remote. So we haven't seen it because we've only seen the first episode. But I guess in the last episode of the QAnon docuseries on HBO, like, the person that is Q uh-huh. accidentally outs himself. <gasps> we have to watch it. I know. Like, <laughs> just for that. <laughs> but That's amazing. Yeah. I, that That's just what I read on it. Th- I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's. But from what I understand, <laughs> it's, you know, they introduce different different players in oh the uh, in the uh, thing and uh, the whole Q thing. And uh, it's a person that what people are saying is like, oh, well, that's probably who it is anyway, because the whole story was was the believers, the, um, you know, followers think that it's, oh, it's got to be some high ranking government or military official like it's Donald Trump Jr. Or it's the, the ha- joint is he a high ranking government official or someone close to. <laughs> No, someone. I mean, I no, just, he's not. Was he? Because of nepotism? No. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> how dare you, Hunter Biden? Oh, my God. The laptop. Anyway. The laptop. That's like the meatloaf. That's <laughs> 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 my it's full you. circle. Uh, so what else are we watching besides that Q thing? Uh, well. Because we were, we did start that. There is, um, there's a documentary that uh, premiered on FX, uh, which is available on through Hulu if you have Hulu. Um, otherwise, I don't know, maybe on demand on FX or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Hysterical. Yeah, we watched that like the second it came out because mm-hmm. I was dying to watch it. Um, well, first of all, like one of my favorite comics, which is Eliza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's come up many times on this podcast. Yes, she was one of the featured. Uh, people talking on it, being so interviewed. What is, what is uh, the premise of the documentary? Uh, the premise is comedians, uh, women comedians. Women in who, comedy. Women in comedy who um, mostly stand up, right? Yes. Who, um, you know, recount their experiences and what it's like to be a woman in comedy, which is um, from what we learned fucking rough mm-hmm. uh just to list a few of the people that were in it um elijah schlesinger who i love uh nikki glazer judy gold margaret cho sherry shepherd fortune feemster rachel feinstein bonnie mcfarlane marina franklin carmen lynch kelly bachman jessica curson and lisa lampanelli who retired from comedy and talks about that a bit in the documentary which is really interesting because she used to play like this housewife type character Mm -hmm. um with like the little flipped ends of her hair like carol brady and like frumpy dresses and all that stuff and now she's like punk rock which is pretty 
pretty cool to see. I I um I really appreciated just the the well the honest take about it because especially knowing what we know now uh, mm-hmm. about how women are treated in any industry, mm-hmm. um, but especially entertainment, obviously uh, acting, you know, film, movies, TV, but also music, but also comedy. I mean, kind of almost more so. Comedy, comedy. especially I mean, is like it's, so toxic. It's probably uh, well. There's no con- there's no way of measuring, but I mean, you know, just like the tech industry is is extremely toxic for yeah. Um, but I think that so you're probably familiar with the uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel on uh, oh yeah on Amazon Prime, which yeah, is a, a fictitious show about a a character who who um. Let me go on stage and complain about my husband. Right. Um, I'm totally improvising this, and it just turns out I'm really funny and beautiful and skinny. Yeah. You know, and, and privileged. from privileged. Very um, rich. But it is a, a good... It's good fiction, I think, um, because I it does it. also bring in like some some people that actually were around, like Lenny Bruce. and I um, love Lenny Bruce's character on that. Like, um, love. You know, I don't know if that's actually how he was like in real life yeah, but who knows but uh but i think the one thing that that does miss is a lot of what the reality actually is for women who are in comedy who want to pursue comedy i mean there there's i mean you mentioned all those people but they really it's really kind of a tip of the hat to every woman who's ever like been brave enough to try to do this as their profession as their job i mean back to um you know people that started when it was just not mm-hmm. like phyllis diller yeah. or like lucille ball or you know any i mean really, carol burnett carol burnett yeah. oh yeah great example um i have always been really into stand-up that's just been like since from like little kid something I've been interested in and like somehow in my head I got like you know the delusion that maybe I should do this and um or like at least write comedy and um I realized like being funny in a conversation does not make you good at stand-up And that is why I never, ever got, like, the actual guts to go on stage or be in front of a microphone to do that. Because I feel like having a conversation, that's, I can be funny or I can make jokes or I can, you know, yuck it up or whatever. But, like, actually getting up and, like, having to be funny, like, there's no fucking way. I just don't think, I mean... I've written jokes. I've written plenty of jokes, but like they don't land with certain people. It's like the, just like someone who has to really get me and like my sense of humor. Right. I disagree. But I mean, you know, also I, I know you and understand. So I see. But I I think some of that's true for anyone, um, you know, trying to do that. And, and unfortunately, the patriarchal and you know toxically masculine systems that are in place um put an unnecessary burden 
upon women to prove themselves all this time. I mean, there's that old, tired trope of, well, women just aren't funny. Well, and that's what that whole documentary that. Yeah. is based around, is women aren't funny. And which well, let me show you. Absolutely not the case, but it's just that the people that say that can't see be beyond their, you know, their misogynistic lens yeah. that they're looking at. And then it's like, well, I don't want to, you know. I mean, there are people in that documentary that say that that are current comedians. Like, um, he, how Howard Stern, as horrible as he is, he says, oh, women just aren't funny, like at least once in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I want to say not Norm MacDonald. Is it Norm MacDonald that says it? Mm-hmm. And it, it just made me like lose so much respect for Norm MacDonald, who up to this point I have enjoyed as a comedian right to for him to say just like oh they're just not funny like or like we see some harassment in the film mm-hmm. and we see like you know Sherry Shepard says like it's not it's still not an even playing field and it probably never will be because it's such a male dominated field and I think if you look at I mean, we've seen some recent things that are not comedy related, but for example, the the Britney Spears story. If there's, a, I've noticed a lot of of um, like historical accounts and clips of talk show hosts, you know, like David Letterman, Johnny Ugh, Carson, yeah, the whoever, gross things that they say, interviewing, yeah, interviewing women in general, much less, you know, women that are that are in comedy, but it's just dripping with with. You know that con- condescending mm-hmm. phrases and tones, and you know, oh, well, look at you! Don't you look cute tonight? That kind of shit. You know who never did that? Craig fucking Ferguson. And you know how he doesn't have a show now? That's probably why, because he was unproblematic and great. But that's—I mean—that's just the world. And mm-hmm. but like, we're forced to accept that, and it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of. I mean, it is. I mean, it's. I mean, I, that's just how I talk. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm hopeful, though. I mean that that there's more light being shed. On yeah. That oh, now. for sure. And I think and this this documentary will do a lot. Mm-hmm. It will go very far. But then, of course, there's going to be plenty of people that watch it that are like, ah, eh, still not funny. Well, because or, it's eh, still awful or whatever. Right, and I. You know, as as an object objective <laughs> um, viewer or consumer of that, I mean, how many? If you go on Netflix right now and look at all the comedy specials, I mean, yes, it's going to be predominantly men and males in comedy. But like, how many of those? If you just randomly click on one, is it going to be funny to you? I mean, there there are so many mediocre and like Kevin Hart. It's a good example of that. Blah, so boring. Like, I don't find him interesting or funny in any way. Like, I find him fairly problematic, too. But it's also, like, that whole idea of, like, is there an unproblematic comedian? Yeah, there sure are, and they're mostly women. Mm -hmm. Like, look at Jen Kirkman. She's, like, super woke, you know? And Mm -hmm. I find her funny as hell, and I'm kind of bummed out she wasn't in that documentary. But we don't know if she was offered or if she turned it down or anything like that. But I find her Netflix specials great. Same with Eliza, like, who was featured. She was the first woman, as far as I know, to win Last Comic Standing, Mm -hmm. which um, 
was won by I think only men aside from her. Well, the, a lot I'm not of, sure about that, so don't quote me. But well, a lot of consumers of of comedy material are also very short sighted, and I mean Jeff Dunham won. That you know, show, don't so. one Ugh. don't think that. In other words, they they don't want to hear about things that don't concern themselves. Sure. So, you know, if a woman is talking about her experience in dating and, you know. Well, that's Eliza in a nutshell for you. She talks about everything. Yeah. Um, And and surprisingly enough, she seems to have a pretty decent following from, from male you know consumers yeah as i mean well. we've seen her live and half the audience was it was pretty even keeled men and women of, yeah a lot of people are just like preconditioned with that notion that uh i don't want to hear about her problems with blah 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 whatever that is yeah but she talks about she i like no and she, she talks shit about other girls job. but at the same time she like talks smack about other girls while and like raising ones- women up Right. They're the ones who go to her shows. She's like, <laughs> Megan, get your flatbread, right. you know? And then, like, Megan with her damn flatbread, like, that's who goes to her shows. Mm-hmm. But she she lets us be basic bitches while also being strong, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that. Um... Like, babe, is it cold? Is it cold outside? Do I need a jacket? Like all that, like that shit is hilarious yeah. to me because that's real life. That's that's me. How how is it outside? Do I need to check? And so it? and so that's interesting because you know you're, you're. I see a difference, and I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, but I see a difference between that and pointing out um, normality and convention in in behavior versus you know people that will defend somebody making you know racially stereotypical jokes saying that oh well that's that's how they are it's just comedy so and so says it because it's true because just a joke right and that's that's sort of the distinction i think that people aren't aren't really getting um and then of course you know when you when you bring in others like hannah gadsby for example um who almost have a storytelling um, way of doing comedy. John Leguizamo was another person uh, who did that. I love both of those people that you just mentioned. um, But someone that I always liked who actually, I mean, was doing stand-up comedy for a long time is Janine Garofalo. I mean, since the mid eighties, but just wasn't, was paying her dues basically in the, club scene and the comedy clubs and all that and finally like maybe in the mid 90s started getting some some gigs on the ben stiller show and the ben stiller show like made her career i think and she was and reality uh, bites which we've talked about she was on uh the i think the 94 season of snl but she didn't even get through an entire season i think six episodes in she was like i'm done this is you know it's um there's too much like sexism. I'm mm-hmm. always playing like a secondary wife or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she, she actually has some um, passages in that book that I've talked about mm-hmm. the live from New York book. 
which is mostly like people that have worked on SNL recounting their experiences. She has some passages that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like when I read that book, I didn't know she had been on the show because I hadn't seen them yet. Mm-hmm. But I eventually watched those episodes that she was on. Right. Although they don't air them often, no. if at all. Certain, I mean, like, who is it? Julia Louis Dreyfus was on there, and they like never air her episodes, because like some people had like bad parting with that show, right? And there were also many years when Lauren wasn't involved. Well, and then you know, SNL sort of ebbs and you know, yeah, ebbs and flows as as it goes, and there there are always going to be people that are like, well, it's not funny anymore. It's not like how it used to be, but they're always referring to like a different time period. Like, right. And I think that's based on when, when we grew up. So, you know, when I grew up watching it, it was the the late 80s, early 90s. So it was Dana Carvey, Mike mm-hmm. Myers and all that. But I think recently, as of late, the the people that carried that show are all women. I mean, like Mostly, everyone. yeah. I mean, Keenan obviously has been on the show for like 18 years. But, right. And for me, like, he's not even my favorite. Because no. he breaks character so much, like he can't help but smile. And that was, I mean, you know, somebody, I mean, like it, like Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon, who were fine, but also, yeah, they were all right. Like Jimmy Fallon always broke character. Yeah. And now he, he hosts the Tonight Show. Yeah, and Seth Meyers who hosts the Late Show. But I don't. If you think of again, who who has recently been most successful at that you think Kristen Wiig Amy yeah Amy Poehler Tina Fey Fey, Kristen Wiig uh Maya Rudolph Maya Rudolph yeah um and then obviously like current cast member Kate McKinnon Mm -hmm. current cast member Aidy Bryant current cast member Cecily Strong like doing it out there for themselves right now um Vanessa Bryant hasn't gotten very far which is such a bummer because she's hilarious Mm -hmm. with her like hep (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. Her weather. Her her characters are were really good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love her, but like she's not your typical Hollywood. Like Kristen Wiig is beautiful and right. thin, and you know she's what Hollywood wants, which is like you know it's you mostly see on that show SNL. The men going on to stand-up careers or movie careers, like mm-hmm. Will Ferrell, um, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, yeah. um, obviously Eddie Murphy, Myers, yeah, Eddie Bill Carver, Murray, yeah, all, all those people. Like, it's very rare to see women, and in the last like fifteen years from SNL, you've seen a lot of women get careers, mm-hmm. which is awesome to see. It yeah. makes it gives like hope. To the young comedians out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Leslie Jones is, is oh, doing yeah. some of her own things now. Yeah, she's too. a big deal right now. Yeah. She wasn't great on SNL, I'll be honest, but I, I still like her. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's very, like, relatable and honest and, like, always yeah. herself, which I love. But, you know, like, like the Andy Sandbergs and all them, like, they've gone on. Yeah. Like, seeing, like, Maya and Kristen and Tina and Amy and all them succeed is so rad because like the women early on you didn't really see that well yeah and and you know that I'm sure there are plenty of people talking shit about it but Tina and Amy hosted the Golden Globes I mean that's one in Los Angeles and one in New York 
when you get to host a show like that. I mean, you you've done well, and they both went on well. to do huge comedy shows, which one Tina Fey, Thirty Rock, and Amy Poehler, Parks and Rec, which is yeah. arguably up there with The Office. As I mean, I love Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Thirty, I love Thirty Rock too. It's just you know there are parts of Thirty Rock that are a bit problematic. Oh, but yeah. And then, you know, like um, Tina Fey went on to be part of uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is also not without its problems, but also pretty great when mm-hmm. you recognize those problems and move on from them. You know what I mean? I'm saying like, hey, I don't like that they did this, but like, for example, like uh, <laughs> one of the white women leads being supposedly native american like that's fucking bullshit but like right most of the rest of the show is pretty great i'm not saying overlook it i'm saying like recognize it and move on well i think what i take away from all of it is that i've heard from from different people over the years about how they like certain um comics because they and here's andy's token quote unquote Tell it like it is. <laughs> like Bill Burr. Fucking Bill Burr. Right. But, I mean, that was said about, you know, other, like Carlos Mencia or Anthony Jeselnik or whatever, you Ugh. know. But giving them, saying that because they reaffirmed their ability to continue to be um, problematic in terms of being racist, being misogynist, being That's all this other stuff. That's just my act. What are you going to do? When a lot of the women that are in comedy are telling it like it is and men, a lot of men have a problem with confronting the reality of that. And I think that that's changing um definitely there's been a lot more progress than there was before that documentary illustrates it too but there's still there's still definitely work to be done there's still definitely work to be done and it's still like such a, a shitty hostile environment and like anywhere else i mean women have to work you know, a hundred times harder and get paid much less mm-hmm. to do the same thing, to be accepted. To the be, wage disparity mm-hmm. was brought up in the film, uh, which I can't remember off the top of my head who said it, but I made 75,000 or seven. It was Kathy Griffin. She said, I made 75 million to the 750 million that my male counterparts made. Right. Um, I also like, Marina Franklin was talking about around a table, a group of people, uh, like half women, half men um, at a comedy club waiting to go on stage. And she was like, hey, I just want to let you guys know, like, you're all my closest friends. Like, I love you, but I have breast cancer. And like the women were like, oh, my God, I'm here for you, babe. Like, whatever Mm -hmm. you need. And then it cuts to Jeffrey Ross. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. You have such a nice rack or something like that. You have great tits. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dude, like, we know you're a comedian, but like, come on, like, turn it off for one second. And so show some sympathy for your friend. Some 
humanity. And yeah, it's humanity. Just, it's not even. I don't. I don't get what's so controversial about that. What's so hard for people to, to people, and by people I mean men, um, get that that's not a, an attack on your personal freedom to make a joke about whatever you want. It's just like I said, showing some humanity when the maybe moment be supportive of Maria and the situation calls for it. Right. I mean, it's not about taking away your ability to forward a stupid meme or an email or whatever. Yeah. It's just... Post whatever you want on your damn Facebook. It's, it's in the moment, and it's not... That's, Decency. That's, that's why, you know, people are so pissed off by it. And, you know, a lot of the women comics are actually telling it like it is. Mm -hmm. uh, to use that and men can't take it i mean she then she then went on stage and did a whole comedy routine about her breast cancer mm -hmm. and she fucking killed. She, killed it. she was so good but like you know she had to deal with that shit in the meantime i don't know i think it just bothered me probably because jeffrey ross is supposed to be like one of the most yeah. Like good guys of the bunch. And I was like, come on, man. But then, you know, thankfully they did highlight some of the bad guys and they did say like these, mm -hmm. they made jokes about Louis C.K. Yeah. and uh, T.J. Miller and all that stuff. Like, you know, these predators and comedy and some of the women talked about their assaults on the road with mm -hmm. male comedians, yep. which I think was really important and honestly, like brought me to tears in some parts of the documentary. It, it, was... it was, I feel like the ending left me in tears. Yep. It was it was very good and it was very well done. And I feel like the most important thing was that it gave a voice to these women. Yep. And I think um, also like you can sort of extend that to, you know, women in music, women in art, women in, I mean, any, anything, any, any profession, any trade. I mean, that's, any male-dominated field. What the, which is all of them, right? Yeah. Like I um, said earlier, gaming, skateboarding. Like yeah. Any of those. Um, so you really appreciate um, the honesty and, you know, just continue to check yourself, I think. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, she's a great woman comedian, just be like, she's a great fucking comedian. comedian right. Well, since uh, Dottie's apparently on Neighborhood Watch <laughs> she's on her shift right now, yeah. it's probably a good time to... Uh, yeah, let's wrap her wrap up. It up. So um, thank you all again for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, like and subscribe to our show if you like what you're hearing. Yeah, we would appreciate that. And also visit Collins and Coop. Oh, yeah. Uh, the glasses that I used for the uh, Clover Club cocktail tonight were from Collins and Coop. Vintage finds from there. And really Old Harbor awesome. Gin. Thank you again. And yeah, thanks so much from uh, from us at Homebound Happy Hour to Old Harbor Gin for hosting us for um, an awesome tasting at their distillery this week. We had a lot of fun with that. As always. Be safe. Be smart. And be sanitary. Be sanitary please. COVID's not over. <laughs> Get your vaccines. <laughs>
Yes, get your vaccines. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Homebound Happy Hour. Stream or download episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, give our Facebook page a like at Homebound Happy Hour and follow on Instagram at Homebound Happy Hour Podcast.